Thank you for downloading Hebron, Oklahoma's podcast. You can find out more about us on our website at hebronok.org. Now, here is our latest episode from the sermon series based on the Acts of the Apostles. Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him going to heaven. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Greetings to all in the precious name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Hope everyone's doing well, and uh, the Lord is with each and every one of us. For today's meditation, um, I'll go back to Acts chapter 3, Acts chapter 3, um, with a sermon entitled, From Death Row to Just Mercy and Grace. From Death Row to Just Mercy and Grace. You know, death row is a place that is a special part of prisons that uh, people who are uh, told that they will be executed will be placed. And um, from that place, um, people go on to either the electric chair or they go on to lethal injection and they're put to death. Um, and there's still about 28 states in the United States that has um, capital punishment. And out of those uh, 28, um, there's, in, as of December 2019, there's about 2,600 people that are on death row in the United States. And, um, um, you know, they say for every nine people that are executed, that one person is found free of the charges and they are let go and they're let go. Um, So I just wanted to bring those things to your attention as we come to this portion that we read from Acts chapter 3. You know, the last time I spoke a few weeks ago, we talked about the day after Pentecost when Peter and John were walking up to the temple through the beautiful gate at the hour of prayer, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and there was a man there that was born with a lame, um, lame leg, and he was crippled. And so he was healed, and that was the last message that we did. And so we're going to go on from there and uh, read the next few portions, Acts chapter 3, verse 11 onwards. Acts chapter 3, verse 11 to 18 will be our focus today. You know, this miracle became the focal point that all the people were gathered there in amazement and wonder at Solomon's porch And this miracle or wonder became a platform for Peter to speak the word of God. Peter did not want to waste a golden opportunity. And he goes into a very pointed sermon um, that is specifically speaking to the Jewish people. And let us look at that more closely today. I will read that portion first. Acts chapter 3, verse 11 to 18. While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's portico or colonnade. 
When Peter saw this, he said to them, Fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if our own power or godliness had made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are all witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see before you has been made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you, as you all can see. Now, fellow Israelites, I know you had acted in ignorance, as did your leaders, but this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that this Messiah would suffer. Amen. We're familiar with this portion, and we see in this portion how after Peter uh, had done this wonder or miracle, he started to go into the word, and he is very pointed at speaking to the Jewish people and saying a few things. And so um, uh, we can see that points that he makes. He makes seven points. If we can go to that slide, we can make seven points uh, in this story. See, one thing I wanted to point out here is that the wonder should always be followed by the word of God. If we just focus on the wonder and the miracles, um, that, that we are not able to um, be, be solidified in the word of God. So Peter not only stops with the wonder, but he uses the wonder as, as a point to say the word of God. He says a few things that are truths that no one can argue with. Jesus is the son of God. Jesus was glorified by the father. Jesus is the holy one as testified by the father. Jesus is just and righteous as testified by the father. He is the author of life. And another version says prince of life. He was raised from the dead by the Father, from, from death by the Father. Faith in the name of Jesus brings healing, and there's power in the name of Jesus. These were the seven truths that Peter wanted to bring across to his Jewish audience. And after this, we know that the people were troubled, and they put them in, in prison for this. But I wanted to focus today on a, a couple of verses, and I'll read that again, verse 14 and 15. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead, and we are all witnesses of this. And the last verse, verse 18, but this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all of the prophets, saying that his Messiah would suffer. You know, the message's title, I was debating what to, what to call it, and I called it Going from Death Row to Just Mercy and Grace. Initially, I wanted to call it I Am Barabbas, A Mystery Revealed. And let me explain what I mean. You know, Yom Kippur is one of the most uh, pious holidays for the Jewish people. It is the Day of Atonement, atonement and it comes... Uh, 10 days after Rosh Hashanah, the new year for the Jewish people. Traditionally, nowadays, they have 25 hours of fasting. Uh, the Jewish people would uh, fast from one hour before sunset, all day, all night, um, 
till, uh, uh, that night and the next day until the next sunset, so 25 hours as a day of atonement. But in ancient times, we see this in Leviticus chapter 16. If you study Leviticus chapter 16, we see that the high priest, uh, the priest would make offering for the people's atonement yearly. We see the, the priest would first make a sacrifice for his own atonement, and then he would go and make an atonement for the people's sin year after year. We see this as says, Aaron shall take two goats, and, and they will stand before the Lord at the entrance of the tent of the meeting, and there will be casts that are, uh, there will be lots that are cast, and one of those two goats will be marked as one that will be sacrificed, and the other will be marked as the scapegoat or Azazel. So there is a Ladonite goat, which is the goat that will be sacrificed to the Lord. And then there will be the Azazel goat, which is the goat that is the scapegoat. And then Aaron shall bring forth the goat designated by the lot for the Lord. And then after sacrificing that sin offering, or the Ladonite goat, he would take the blood of the Ladonite goat and put it upon the head of the scapegoat, or the Azazel. And then he would... Uh, free that goat into the uh, wilderness so that it can go on to take the sin of all the people, all the Jewish people for that year. So that was the way that the Lord had traditionally set it up with the Jewish people for the atonement of sin. Uh, we see that, uh, that in Leviticus, and if you, if you have time, please go home and read that entire chapter and see how that is done. Now that way was changed by the Lord Jesus on the most important day, on the day of uh, crucifixion. We see that uh, on the day of crucifixion, there is a mystery that takes place, on Good Friday, I should say. Uh, there's a good, there's a, there is a, uh, a mystery that takes place. We see that there is Jesus that is captured by, uh, by the Jewish people, and now he is in trial before Pilate. And Pilate, uh, wanting to let Jesus go uh, and wanting to make a political move, he brings out two people. He brings out someone named Barabbas, and uh, Barabbas is uh, uh, someone we'll go into and study a little bit here. He is actually mentioned in all four of the Gospels. There's very few people that are mentioned in all four of the Gospels, and again in Acts. You know, there's mother of Jesus, Mary, or a few of the disciples, but, and, and a few people like Pilate, but Barabbas is mentioned, and there's something to be learned from the name Barabbas. That's a mystery that we'll go into, and how Jesus has overcome things for us. So um, we see that two people are bought out, and Jesus Christ, the Son of God, would come out, um, and the other person that was bought out was, as we see in the gospel, someone that was a robber. Or murderer. In, in Matthew, it says that he was a notorious robber. He was someone who was an insurrectionist. He was one of the Jewish leaders that tried to overthrow the Roman government, and he had killed people. He was a murderer. So they bought out two people that could not have been opposite from each other, at least you would think. But if you look at the name of the meaning Barabbas, Bar means son of, and Abba means father. So Bar, Abbas, is the son of the father. And Barabbas is mentioned in all four of the Gospels. He was a murderer, a robber, an insurrectionist, as I said. But Pilate thought, 
um, he would put up the worst criminal, but in fact, the ancient texts tell us that his first name was Yeshua, Jesus, son of the father, Yeshua Barabbas. And, uh, it, and on the other side, we have Jesus Christ. See, those identical goats that had to be very identical that was placed in front of the sacrifice, uh, and one became the Ladonai, which is the sacrifice goat, and the other goat became the scapegoat. And this is symbolic of that and how Jesus, uh, the one that should have been set free, is the one that is suffering and dying as a sacrifice for us. Not only, and we see that in Hebrews, if you study Hebrews chapter 8, 9, and 10, uh, we read how um, the Lord had the first... Um, First, set up goats and calves and sacrifices of goats and calves as the way for sacrifice. But he saw that that was not good, good enough. And he sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, for the redemption and transgression of our sins. So Jesus made the perfect sacrifice upon the cross. And uh, he became the sacrifice, the Ladonai, the, the sacrifice for us so that we, Barabbas's, you might say, oh, I've never murdered anybody. I've never robbed anything. But if you've committed sin, and I've said this here before, with original sin or Adam's sin, we're all born sinners. And for us, the punishment of sin, as it says in Romans 6, the wages of sin is death. And the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. So every human being born into this world, if you are born just once, you are going to die twice. You will die a physical death, and you will die a spiritual death, and so you are on death row. Unless you, you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And so what Jesus did was not something simple. I know that many of us have grown up in our churches here, and they've heard the word of Jesus from a very young age, they studied all the songs in Sunday school, and every time you hear a message, this becomes old to us, and it doesn't really, it goes in one ear and goes out the other, and it doesn't really stick in our brain. But what Jesus did was take us from death row, and because of the sacrifice he gave, the New Testament sacrifice, by giving his blood and becoming the sacrifice for us, what he did was he took on my punishment. He took on the punishment of Barabbas, the son of man, the son of the, and made him the son of the father, uh, so that we can boldly approach the throne of grace. We can go and call our heavenly father, Abba Father, only because of the sacrifice that has been made by our Lord Jesus. So it is not something to enter into lightly. It is something that the Lord Jesus did, and it is not something that we need to take very lightly. We, uh, we have the pleasure, the opportunity to be called the children of the Most High, the living God. And he made a way for us through his death. Not only was it uh, a sacrifice that he became, but he also became the scapegoat for me. This was the perfect sacrifice that he became not only the Ladonai, but he became the Azazel so that he can take on all of my sins, all of my punishment. He became the perfect sacrifice so that I can have, victor I can have victor victory. Jesus Christ, as, as uh, we hear many times in the uh, Lord's table, when Pastor John Verghese uh, does the Lord's table, he, saw, he talks about the vicarious death of the Lord Jesus. I looked up that word. 
Vicarious means become a, becoming a substitution for us. He became our substitute he, when we should have died, when we should have been on death row, and we should have been dead. It is only by the blood of the Lord Jesus that we have the right to be called children of God. Uh, not, only, not only to the Jews, but also to the Gentiles who were far away from the Lord. He, ha- he gave, by his death on the cross, he gave us the opportunity to be called the children of God. We were once far away from the kingdom of God, but because of his death, he made a way that all people, regardless of your race, your creed, uh, every human being who calls upon the name of the Lord uh, can be saved. If you uh, after get calling on the name of the Lord, if you trust in his mercy, if you trust in his grace, and you lead a, a life that is in personal relationship with your daddy, your father, uh, through, the, through Jesus, then you have the victory. For as we read in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. You know, this, when we grow up in the church, or when we um, grow up in certain denominations, we think it is some sort of uh, privilege that we are born into this. Or when our grandfather or our, our father is a preacher, or if we think our mother is a great prayer warrior, if we, if we think of those things, let me tell you that God has no grandchildren. God only has children. It, you can stand on their shoulders true. They are giants of faith, and I'm not belittling that. We need to have our own personal relationship with the Lord. We need to get inside of our hearts. And again, it talks about it in Hebrews. Uh, He has put this new covenant not on stones or not on the blood of goats, but he has written it in the heart, in the flesh of the heart of the people of God. So if you're truly born again, you should know that deep in your heart. It should be burned or etched in the skin, uh, in the flesh of your heart, not bloods of goats and calves anymore, but the blood of Jesus Christ is what makes us um, makes us whole. He is the mediator of the new covenant, and by the means of his death, we have redemptions, redemption from transgression under the first covenant, and we he has made he has made for us an eternal way. He has been our perfect sacrifice. So, in summary, if you can go to the summary slide, I want to. Uh, conclude by making this very clear and repeating these things. The sermon title today was The Lord Jesus Took Me from Death Row, from Sin, and the Punishment of Sin, which is Death, as it says in Romans 6, to trust in His mercy and His grace. Worship team, come on up. Mercy and His grace. We see that the first covenant with the Jewish people on the Day of Atonement, on Yom Kippur, there were these two identical goats that were sacrificed. One became the sacrificial goat, and the blood of the sacrificial goat was put on the scapegoat, and that was the atonement of the sins of the people of Israel for that year. But Jesus became my sacrifice, my sin offering forever and ever. There no, no longer needs to be goats or other things sacrificed, but he gave a permanent solution for me. He also became my scapegoat. He became uh, both Ladonai and Azazel, both in a perfect sacrifice that he gave for me. He became my sub- su- a substitute 
to give me atonement through his vicarious death. Jesus became my penal substitution. When I should be on death row, when I should be punished for my sins, because we serve a just God, he cannot tolerate sin, and there needed to be a way that we can approach the throne of grace, and that, that became that uh, death by the Lord Jesus on the cross. So Jesus Barabbas, which is, uh, which is that Jesus became, made a way for the son of, uh, son of man to become the son of the father. The Lord Jesus, the son of God, made a way so that the son of man be- can become the son of the father. Uh, what a great privilege we have. He became the ultimate sacrifice, and now we don't have to live in defeat anymore. We know that we are the children of the father. We studied the book of Ephesians here before. We have been given rights we have been adopted into the family of God. We have been given an inheritance uh, that we have been given a glorious inheritance and a hope. So there is no longer a need to be defeated. No matter what might be going on in this world, no matter what might, whatever might be going on around us, we know who we are. We know who we belong to. We know that the Lord Jesus paid that ultimate sacrifice for me. He made a new way. That I can, I can, I can boldly enter the throne of grace. The veil has been torn. The high priest does not need to go anymore, but I can go directly to the throne of grace and enter into the holy place and worship my God. I hope that this word word was encouraging to you. I wanted to conclude by saying the next time we sing this song, we sing this song that says, "I'll never know. I'll never know how much it costs." to see my sin upon that cross. I'll never know how much it costs to see my sin upon that cross. As we are fully aware of all the pain and the suffering our Lord Jesus Christ went through, the Son of God that was there, the Word that was there before the beginning of the, of the earth, before creation, He took the form of a man and came into this world. He took the form of a human being so that I can have atonement. He went through a vicarious death so that you can go from death row. I can go from death row to trust in His grace, His mercy. If you make this personal, you can have this go in one ear and go out the other. But if you make this personal, if you make it go into your heart and it's etched in your heart and you are able to live, then you're able to live for Christ all the days of your life. And you will be with him in New Jerusalem. May God bless you all.